you know, in the message you sent to me, you said, I hate the extra burden and feel angry often that my mental health has to be such a big part of my life. And that's why I felt that shit so much. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, you can't talk about it to people because they don't really understand. Yeah, like, I feel like unless you are someone who actually deals with, like, a mental illness or something, like, you just can't understand. Like, and... Not that I want anyone to understand. A lot of the times you're always hoping, like, you're hoping to be okay. When it comes to anxiety, when it comes to depression, when it comes to OCD, you're thinking, like, man, I just want this shit to end already. I'm I'm so over it. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And, man, today we got a special guest. It's our first episode after the two-year anniversary, so I appreciate her being here today. Uh, former teacher, now you're the intern A&R over at No More Heroes. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Danielle Castle. Um, I recently, I guess back in September, started working at No More Heroes. Like you said, I came from teaching, and so it is all very new to me, and I've been learning a lot, working with some really cool artists. I really appreciate you coming through today. I appreciate you, you know, just being so, you got this warm energy to you, you know, and the way that you reached out to me, I'm going to give you some praise right now because I, that was very important to me. You were one of the first people that reached out to me properly. Like you said, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so. I have this artist I'm working with. I'd love to, you know, set something up for them. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people just hit you and they're like, let me get an interview. I appreciate that because, like, I actually do like the idea of, like, your show. Like, when I went and looked at it, when Laka had sent it to me, I was like, this is something like I could actually like get behind and because mental health just is so important to me. So I think that's something that like I actually was interested in. So I was genuine when I reached out. <laughs> you know, definitely the mental health part. I want to get back to it. And that's why I, to, this one was so like, man, when you sent me that message, which we're going to talk about, that shit hit. I was like, I never related to something more. Being able to bring it back to the mental health aspect after the two years, I think it's a great way to open it back up. Real quick, go ahead and talk about the relationship you have with No More Heroes and how that relationship was established. In September, um, Laka had posted um, a Instagram story that he needed. He was looking for an A&R intern, and I DM'd him, and I had just decided not to return back to teaching because it was a really stressful career for me. I just knew I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. Um, so it's kind of perfect timing, and I've been wanting to kind of be in the music industry. I love music. So I DM'd him, and I went through, like, a little application process where I chose some songs for an album. Um, I gave him some upcoming artists, and then he was I was someone that he chose. So since then, I've just been literally learning everything from him. He just calls me daily and gives me information. I didn't know really a bunch about him at all. And he has so much experience. And yeah, he's a great person to learn from. I feel really lucky that I get to work with No More Heroes. I didn't even like know how big it was until I got into it and working with them. You realize like how accomplished they are. They're huge now, right? Oh my gosh, with, yeah. Uh, with Mello, you got Mello Bucks over there. Oh, OG Steve-O, yep. the DCG bros. So you know, you guys got a solid lineup right there. And Nari, too. Nari. I forgot, right? My bad. We're, we're going to talk about him right now. But, you know, those specifically, those three names, they're, 
shoot off the screen right now, right? They're just hot on Instagram, so it's definitely like it, you guys are on the come up for sure. But for you, right, switching careers, that's a huge thing to be doing. Uh, most people are afraid of doing that. And for you, you went to school for teaching. So now you're stuck in this place where it's like, damn, like, what am I doing with my life? You've been blessed to work with, you know, a couple of these artists, Steve-O, Nari, and Laka, right? Yeah. So real quick, I want you to touch on, you know, things you've learned from them about the industry and things you've learned about yourself. We're going to start one by one, right? So we're going to start with Nari. Nari was the first one you came to me with, so... I I see you're very hands-on with him. I've worked with him since, like, we started the rollout of, like, his upcoming project that's going to drop. And so I've gotten to, like, I was part of the process of choosing, like, the number of songs and what the songs are and which ones would be the singles to be released. And that was all right at the start of when I really did not have a ton of music background. Like, I was learning as I was doing it. Um, yeah, I kind of, I was a little worried, like, did they, like, why am I being trusted with this? But Laka told me I had a good ear for music and that he agreed with a lot of what I was choosing. So I just kind of, it built my confidence. So he's someone that, like, I now feel like, and he's an artist that, like, working with him, he, like, really met me in, like, understanding that it was new to me and being, like, very thoughtful and kind and willing to explain things and like not all artists like not just like no more hero artists just not all artists are as like willing to talk it through with you and so he's someone that's helped me a lot like actually understand things and not feel embarrassed when I don't know something and now I feel really confident working with other artists what do you feel like some moment that stood out within your guys relationship the first studio session I went to of his, um, I'd listened to, to get the internship, I'd listened to like 80 of his songs and made my own like album that I thought. Um, and then he asked me what my favorite song was of his and we had the same favorite song out of his 80 songs. And that was like, it, it was like a moment, yeah. And that was one of the, is Bond number nine. It's what we actually, re we released it as like the first single that I got to totally be like A&R for I got to do the producer agreements I like cover art choose the videographer plan the shoot like all that and get all the assets together to submit and so that was really cool it was like both of our favorite song and then I got to like roll it out with him that's just crazy I know it was cool <laughs> how long did they give you to choose those 80 songs well he called me on like a like a Thursday, and then I had to have them done by Wednesday. So about a week? Yeah, I listened to all of them that night. I was so excited. I Okay, I was like a Nari fan before. So when I got like, I he didn't tell me who it was. I got the, like the folder of unreleased, and I was like, oh my God, I have all these unreleased. And I listened to the first one. I'm like, oh my God, it's not like I knew it was Nari. And I, I love his music, so it was kind of cool. I just listened to them all that night and then listened to them again, made my first notes, and then I cut it down to 20 and then... Yeah. You did some real music industry work right there. And I didn't know how to do that. I just like, yeah. I love the excitement I see because that's how I am when it comes to music. You know, just being able to chop it up with all these different artists and being able to like see them face to face. That shit excites me. And the funny thing is like nobody understands that. Nobody will ever understand like why I'm so excited to talk to somebody or damn, I just locked in this huge interview. It's going to be huge. And people are like... Mm -hmm. 
all right, whatever. But to me, it's like the biggest thing of that week. And I, this is like, like shit that doesn't matter, right? But for me, when I'm interviewing an artist, I listen to their music all the way up until we do the interview. After the interview, and like that artist will become like it the whole week. That's all I focus on. So. I I love being able to see that energy from you and just like how dedicated you are to the artists you work with. I was a fan of DCG and um, Nari before. Like I was a big DCG fan like before. Yeah, tell um, them the story. <laughs> do I have to? No, you don't have to. I mean, I can, but I was a fan of their music before. So getting to work with them now like and help them choose like things and see them record is just like, it's crazy to me. It's such a... Coming like they were on my playlist before, and then Stevo actually is like a funny one too. I didn't even realize it, but like my number one song on my like Spotify Wrapped of like 2022 was I like loved Tasav's album, and it was the song Bussin, and it had Stevo on it, and I didn't even realize that. Like I didn't know who Stevo was. Like I had followed him like recently before like I met him through No More Heroes, um, when he like dropped like 56 bars, I think as well. But like, and then I like looked back at my like Spotify Wrapped at the end of the year, and I realized I'm now working with an artist that's like on the number one song that I listened to, which is just I had no idea back then. So talking about Stevo, right? That's the next artist on this list of somebody who's helped you learn this industry and you know taught you something about yourself. What do you think that would be? He is someone who is extremely like driven and knows what he wants, and. I think that he has really, like, given me some drive. Like, he wants to do this. He has so many ideas and what he wants himself to be and how we're going to do something. And I just, his confidence is awesome. Like, I love being around that energy. Like, he literally will, like, finish a song. I mean, he's in his prime music making right now. Like, he literally is making the best music of his life. And, like, last last session, last week, He's just, like, he gets done with a song in, like, 20 minutes, and then he, like, dances in the... Like, literally, just that energy is... It's, like, magnetic, and I can, like, see he... He has, like, superstar energy, like, when he performs. Like, just when he comes in the room, he's he's very charismatic, and it's just kind of shown me someone who's really, like, sure of themselves as an artist. Not that, like, others aren't, but it, like, motivates me to... He wants the next thing, like... And I have no idea where my music career is headed, like, but it makes me want to keep going and like think of all the places that I could be just like he does. I love how you talk about these artists and just the way that you approach it all. I think that, you know, you're very passionate about the industry. I know you're new to the industry, but you're passionate about it. And that's what matters at the end of the day, because you're going to work 10 times harder than the person who is good at it but doesn't really care about it. Because I'm so new to it, like, I have to work, like, extra hard. I read a lot of, like, research, and if I don't know the answer or something, like, yes, I can call Laka, but Laka is a very busy guy, so I try to, like, do my best to kind of figure it out on my own or, like, ask minimal questions just to... Because there is a lot you can just learn from getting on the Internet and, like, listening. I listen to, like, other music podcasts and just... I don't know. I've really had to, like, work hard. What was one of those first, like, huge humps that you had to get over? It was hard for me to kind of, like, know how to interact with the artists at first. Like, and each artist is different. But, like, 
how much do they want me to be involved like how each artist like has a different way of like doing things but just like I I felt like I like wasn't connecting like or I maybe didn't have the same idea or something came off like negatively um and like I just like felt really part of it my anxiety like it's like oh my gosh this is like it for me like I messed up like or they don't agree with that or I don't know I did something wrong and that would be but like it's been it's what does Laka always says he always says it's not that deep because <laughs> uh, I'm like I'm sorry I did this but you be stressing about the I little stress stuff, huh? all the time everything that's what another thing Laka told me say not say sorry so much because it just I just feel I always want to do a good job I have like high expectations for myself and it's hard when you're learning something completely new. Where do you feel like these high expectations are coming from? I've just always had them my whole life. I've just been a straight-A student, and through college I was a straight-A student. Um, I don't know. I've always, like, I was on, like, in my sorority, I was the VP of philanthropy, like, and I was on Student Congress. I just, like, always, like, did these things, like, to build a resume, and I kind of, like, I don't know, it made me think, like, I needed to always, like, do that. Like, every club I joined, like, I was then, like, the education sorority that I was in. Then, like, I became the vice president of that. And, like, just, I took on so many things that I think maybe that's, like, too much. But I, like, just felt like that's what I needed to do. I don't know why. Those resume boosters get Yeah, you. that's literally why. <laughs> it's because it's a resume booster. And that's, like, and then I've just, like, been stuck in that. That's what I did in high school. I did, like, ten different clubs. And a sport. Yeah, I did, like, engineering just because, like, I don't like engineering. <laughs> I literally just did it because I was like, all right, it's going to look good when I apply to colleges, which ended up fucking me over anyways because colleges don't give a fuck about anything except your SAT score. I mean, yeah, I mostly only got, like, scholarships for my grades, like, the clubs and stuff. That was, like, it does seem really unnecessary now that you say it. But let's move forward, right? All right, the last person we got on this list, Laka. It seems like he's your go-to. Like yeah. He's, he's guiding you through this shit, you know, helping you with your learning curve. So what's mm -hmm. something that he's helped? I can't even say something, but, you know, what are a couple of things he's helped teach you about this industry? I can't make someone do something. Like, as an art, like, I want them to be the best they can be. And I have all these ideas, and I want to do all these different things, but... Sometimes, like, I need to sit back and, like, let them, like, sometimes I'm overwhelming. Like, I have, like, here, this, you're going to, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this is what you're posting, and here are example captions, and, like, I'm just, like, over, I... You do all that shit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> you have no idea what I do. I have, I do so many things, but they're, like, a lot of them are unnecessary. It's just because I want to, like, I want to d be great at this, and I want... I don't know. I'm looking to, like, just be really good at it because that's what I expect of myself. So, yeah, I go above and beyond for, like, things I probably don't need to do. It seems like one of the biggest learning curves you had was trying to figure out, like, your role, trying to figure out how far you can go and, you know, establishing that relationship with the artist. I wish I had, like, expectations, but, like, I don't know what they would even be now looking back. Like, because I was like, I need to know, like, what exactly, like, am I doing enough? Am I not doing? And Laka just, like... It's not how he operates either, but, like, thinking for teaching, like, I had, I got, like, a binder at the beginning of each school year with my staff handbook and, like, everything that was expected of me, and I had, like, my performance reviews and stuff, and it's just very different than, like, 
than that, like being like in college when I would have like reviews over my teaching, like someone would come sit in, like then getting reviewed. I just like I don't know how I'm doing all the time. You preferred that? I hate I that. I think it's just okay, but it's just like how I've been like it's what I know. It's what I know, but I hate that. I hate somebody telling me like this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you're doing right. It gives me too much anxiety to know somebody's gonna come and watch what I'm doing and give me like, hey, you fucked up. Fix it. I guess like having someone watch you like and critique you, yes, but I like I reassurance seek a lot. So like I need to know I'm doing an okay job. Like otherwise I just kinda go crazy in my brain thinking like people are thinking the worst of me or like I, they probably think I'm being lazy or whatever. Uh, so your love language is words of affirmation, huh? I mean, I guess, but not even just like in life. Like I need my mom to tell me she's not mad at me. Like if I did, if I did something like I just like I need to know. So you led us with the perfect transition right there. Being able to talk about why you switched from teaching to, you know, this new career as an A&R. That's a huge transition. Talk about the transition. I've been teaching and I was getting really burnt out of teaching my last year. So last year I was teaching third grade. And in like September, um, I like was having a little bit of difficulty with like my depression and anxiety. And I just like did not want to go to work. Like I was like having panic attacks again. And like I started having panic attacks in college. But like that's when I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And then it just was like kind of going into a whole kind of thing and I stopped going to work for like a week and so then I decided well I kind of was forced to go on like a leave of absence for which was three months then <laughs> and then when I returned to work like I I during my three month absence I like went to an intensive outpatient program and I just like learned a lot of skills I would just go to like a class for three hours a day and learn skills about how to deal with stress better how to cope better like just it was the most amazing three months like actually I loved going to that program and it taught me great life skills but then I like returned and I just realized like I wasn't really being it wasn't fulfilling teaching like it was it was a big stressor in my life and I also wasn't really getting any happiness out of it I didn't have a personal life because I was working late and like so I just deciding to stop teaching was something I kind of had to do for my mental health because I just like couldn't maintain that job and be happy <laughs> um and music is something I kind of found through that in that like music I started to listen to music that helped me like understand my feelings during those three months so like I started like I didn't know about Juice World like for very like until probably like a year ago like I like I knew of him like I'm sorry I knew who he was as an artist I didn't listen to his music at like in in depth at all but then like I started listening to like like his song empty like that was like one of the first times I like had a word to describe like how I felt because I just like didn't have the words it's hard to describe when you are not feeling the way you're supposed to like you just don't I mean even now I have trouble describing it so like listening to music I just got really into finding more artists that I could listen to to like kind of think about my feelings and understand them and so music just kind of became a bigger part of my life during that time and like I can also kind of just like stop thinking and listen to music and like zone out so it kind of I just started following more artists and things on social media and it just was something I was really passionate about and especially like I started listening to a lot of Chicago artists and stuff and it just kind of like somehow fell into place that there was 
Laka looking for an internship right when I had decided I'm not going back to school. Um, I was looking at careers in like ed tech. I was like trying to get change like industries into something like remote from home or something. But I never imagined it would be the music industry. Like even when he DM'd me back, like I was like, oh my God, like, cause I just didn't have background in it. I didn't think I would be considered even. So I think the transition was something I had to do um, because I just couldn't be a teacher anymore because I just would go crazy. I, well, I just literally would go into crisis mode and just, I couldn't do it. Literally went crazy for a little literally, bit. Literally, I did. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I like, yeah. Where do you feel like that inability to express yourself stemmed from? I didn't really know anyone who had gone through anything like that. Like, none of my, I have like four best friends from high school and they, none of them, like, have any mental health um, things going on and... Like, no one, like, my grandma did, but I didn't really, like, know about it. So it was not something I was, like, familiar with, I guess. So, and I didn't honestly even realize, like, other people noticed. Like, my mom and my sister, they're like, maybe you should take, like, a longer time off of school. Like, deciding to go on a leave of absence was, like, crazy to me. I'm like, oh, I just stopped going to work. Like, and, but once I did, I realized I needed it. But other people noticed, like, I was isolating and like I didn't I don't go out and do things I'm not social was that like unlike you to not be wanting to be social and shit no I've never liked being social but I guess the biggest thing was I stopped liking the things that I loved like I love teaching I wanted to be a teacher since kindergarten and like the kids would they would like come up like they're eight-year-olds I taught third grade and they they come in to tell you about like their grandma's birthday party and like I just, like, stopped wanting to hear it. I'm like, go sit down. Like, which is just so mean. It's an eight-year-old wanting to share something about their weekend. And I was like, I have to leave teaching because I'm, like, starting to, like, be mean. Like, I'm start- like I just stopped enjoying things. Like, it, it was just stressful. It was fucking you over. It was fucking you I, up I turning sure. me into a mean person. Yeah. So, yeah. You sound like you were an asshole, though. I, I literally, I love children. I, I, like, hate saying that. But, like, that's seriously the point that I got to that I, like knew something was wrong because I love teaching. I've always loved teaching and I just like hated going to work every day. I subbed for preschool through 12th grade. Through 12th grade, I've done it all. I do not like little kids. Teaching them to read and stuff. Like I used to get the feels for it, but not now. This is what I tell people all the time when they're like, why the fuck do you like the older kids? They're worse. I'm like, because older kids understand consequences. Little kids do not. So if you're, you know, yelling at a little kid, you're just an asshole. You're you're an asshole for yelling I at did, a little kid. I've never kid. yelled. I don't raise my voice. Kids know I'm mean or, like, I'm mad when I get quiet. I just sit down and I sit at my desk and they're like, oh, no. Growing up, I had all-female teachers. So when they did that, it kind of reminds you of your mom. Like, when your mom's mad at you and she goes quiet, you're afraid that some bad shit's about to happen. I mean, happen. it's like I, like, couldn't handle it. Like, I got, like, overstimulated, overwhelmed. I just would sit down and just everyone get out your iPad and just... Like, I, and it just has started happening so much. Like, sometimes I started having panic attacks, like, at school. And I would have to have, like, I would go next door and be, like, to a teacher, like, can you watch my kids for a second? And, like, literally I had to go step out. Damn, that shit, that shit really did a number on you, huh? I say that that was, like, the hardest thing. But I think it was really just, like, life in general. Like, I don't know. Something with, like, my depression and anxiety and, like, now what I know, OCD, like, I, like, never have felt like I really have a reason to, like, have it. Like, nothing terrible has happened to me. I've had, like, a really 
lucky life. Like I've not lost people. I've had good experiences and I like don't understand why I like feel like this all the time. Or like I didn't even realize until like recently, like until I went to like that program, that outpatient program is that like I thought everyone's mind kind of like worked like mine, like that, like going into the lunchroom in high school, like would make me sick every day. Like I didn't want to walk in there alone because I didn't know where my friends are and still now like I don't like walking into restaurants and like not knowing like where like people are at just little things like that that like start I don't know they get worse and worse as you like avoid them and then just like you stop going out of your house like I don't I would rather like if I'm like late to something or like stressed about it, I would just rather literally not go. Like Is that why you didn't come to the Stevo interview? Like how I said I've been having like some setbacks lately. I literally just like was having a bad day and I just like literally needed to stay home. Yeah, that's why I didn't come because I was just like overwhelmed and I was just it was not something I could do. And I've learned to like I can take breaks sometimes. It's okay. Our last episode was literally take a break because I've been doing so much work when it comes to promoting, cutting episodes, fucking recording, writing, all that shit, right? And a lot of people don't realize the amount of time you put into it, the amount of effort that goes into it. So it really came down to the fact that, like, hey, I'm, I don't feel like editing this video today. I'm going to take a break. We've, done, we've been at it for a year straight. And this this I want to emphasize this, and I'm sorry for taking away from you, but... We've been doing this, at least, you know, this, releasing every week, every single week, recording, writing, putting out. That stresses me out. I need people to understand, like, that's not some easy shit. A lot of people give up after one episode. We did, we're at, what is this, 90, this 98 or something like that. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That's, that's an accomplishment. Thank you. So, and that's not even including the ones we didn't release, the ones that... <laughs> Fucking got fucked up, uh, like, with Steve-O's, and I said it in the last interview. Steve-O's almost got fucked up. We were able to salvage that. But that shit was, like, and that's crazy because it's real hit a million. I saw that, and I was like, literally, what? I, I, like, I don't even, like, he has great things to say, but, like, was that one even that special? Like, he said a lot of great things. Like, I don't know. I mean, no, that was not offense to Steve-O. I'm just, like, it's crazy how some things can just do that, yeah. You don't realize, like, how much something relates to somebody. But let's go back, right? Let's go back to you talking about, you know, the mental health aspect. I really like what you said about the fact that, like, you know, my my brain, I always felt like everybody thought like this. I didn't realize, like, there was something wrong with me. And even though there's something wrong with me, I don't know why there's something wrong with me. That's, that's something that, like, I struggle with, right? Because I got anxiety. I got anxiety. I got undiagnosed OCD and anxiety, but I know I have OCD. Like, that's, that shit fucks me up every day. And, um, you know, in the message you sent to me, you said, I hate the extra burden and feel angry often that my mental health has to be such a big part of my life. And that's why I felt that shit so much. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where, like, you can't talk about it to people because they don't really understand. Yeah, like, I feel like unless you are someone who actually deals with, like, a mental illness or something, like, you just can't understand. Like, and 
not that I want anyone to understand, but... My bad, I don't mean to cut you off. And then when people try to understand you, it's, like, even more frustrating because it's, like, you can't understand. And even though you're trying to help me, like, just just let me get through what I'm going through right now because I promise you it's going to be ten times easier if you just let me do my little rituals and then move on, right? And I think about the song uh, Fake Happy by Paramore, right? I took the lyrics. It says, I've been doing a good job of making them think I'm quite all right, but I hope I don't blink. You see, it's easy when I'm stomping on a beat, but no one sees when I crawl back underneath. It's easy to go about my everyday life. I'm hoping that something doesn't happen. Like, my anxiety isn't triggered. My OCD habits are not triggered because people are going to look at me a certain way then. And you're just hoping that, like, it does not happen. So, you know, you go out in the public, you try to make yourself seem all right. You make it seem like everything's good until some shit's not good, right? It's like being, like, very high-functioning. And I, I think it's also hard for people to understand, like, when you have a bad day or, like, something's going on, like, because you're so high-functioning and doing everything, like, they don't understand that, like, why you can't make it to something or why you need a break. Like, it's hard to even under like describe it like I can't even I never like I always look for quotes or songs or something that like helps to explain like the Kid Leroy has some like unreleased songs on SoundCloud that like I was gonna say damn you got the, I know no I don't have leaks. oh my god I don't have the Kid Leroy unreleased I wish no just like SoundCloud they have a lot of like I mean even his release music he, I've listened to him for a long time but he has some like really deep stuff that I just like that's how I want to describe it and I like make my mom or my sister like this is how I'm feeling right now. And that's like, yeah, music is so helpful in that. And I guess making, yeah, realizing that other people like do think like this and that I, I, I don't know, like all these like cognitive distortions that I have, that's like whatever technical term of like, just like thinking that people are thinking this about me or like worst case scenario or just, I don't know, thinking, unhelpful thoughts um and having these unhelpful thoughts like my whole life and thinking they're normal and then like learning that they're not and there are things I, I can thought challenge I can do these things like but it's hard it's work every day to do them like I have these unhelpful thoughts every day and like other people don't have them and that's frustrating and the fact that I have to like go to work and everything and put in this effort to thought challenge like okay I have this thought it's like an OCD thought it's not like it's like I almost don't like don't trust my brain sometimes like it's like this isn't a helpful thought and like kind of use something like ask myself like a question like is there proof that shows someone feels this way about me like are like going through this like series of steps that I learned like in that program that to just like talk myself down and I'm going about my day like that's exhausting. And that's why I chose Fake Happy, because in Fake Happy, she's talking about the fact that, you know, I got to go about my everyday life. I'm, I'm fucked up inside, but I'm going about my everyday life, making it seem like I'm okay. But why am I really hiding, you know, the way that I'm feeling? Everybody's fake happy, and a lot of the times, these people seem insincere because they're portraying something that they want you to see. Same thing we're doing. I had so much anxiety about coming on here. Like so much I but the reason I did is because like I I've had so much trouble with like disclosure about like what's going on with me and like when I returned to work like 
explaining it like I wanted to share with people that had like been diagnosed with OCD and kind of what that meant for me in the workplace but people weren't really they didn't know how to talk to me about it and they like kind of like didn't want to hear it I think to be like you don't have to talk about it but like sometimes it's easier and it feels better to talk about it and so I like told myself like even though I don't want to go on the show and I don't want to do this I should do it because it's like an exposure like something where it's an exposure is like where you put yourself in like the most high stress situation and then you you prove to yourself that and you don't use any of your safety behaviors and you kind of prove to yourself that your anxiety was making it worse than it would be and so like every day I have to like do exposures to like prove to myself like to keep things down like to prove that I can do things I can deal with like the discomfort that shit sucks it sucks and every single day like every single day you have to do that like all day i can't do it no nah, I, I won't live with the discomfort I, i'll keep doing my shit i know then you go back to the then you go back to what makes you feel good you go back to the like at one point with like i've had like different like things with my ocd like just right like doing things like when i put dishes away from the dishwasher like they don't there's nothing like they're not supposed to they don't have to be like an inch apart in the cabinet like the glasses but like they're just not just right and I need to rearrange them again things like that that I just like they it's so time consuming like my OCD started taking up like three to four hours of my day at least of just like doing things that I didn't need to do and trying to live like that you just can't you can't live like I yeah like I would redo my like ponytail like eight times not like a certain number but like it just didn't feel right to me. Last week, I was just going through it, and I kept having to do, you know, certain actions multiple times. My parents make fun of me. Hey, they're assholes. My parents are assholes. <laughs> they don't understand it. I have a dog, right? They're like, this dog fits into the family so well. My dog always takes his food and then goes in a circle around it. And they're like, look, he's just like you. He has to go around it three times. I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. But, you know, I laugh about it because I'm like, you know what? That was kind of funny. I can't lie. I can't hold them. But, you know, I was having such a bad day that I was like, I was going through it. And when I drink coffee, it gets worse. My anxiety skyrockets. I cannot function. There was literally a day I was supposed to be editing. I did not get shit done. That's what I have, like, kind of, like, the OCD. I have, like, what they call, like, pure O, where, like, my, I don't really have, like, compulsions where, like, I physically do something. It's more just, like, in my head. So, like. I'll think about something like over and over again, like a loop in my head. I don't know. But like you get stuck on it and you like you can't do other things and it's not like your choice, it feels like. How do you feel like your mental health struggles have impacted you personally? I have like great best friends from high school and I'm still extremely close to them. But when I started having like mental health struggles in college, like I just didn't really like I don't really I'm not connected to any of my college friends really like I just didn't. I couldn't make relate like make connections and then like now like when I was going th with my job like I feel like I was working so much teaching that I like didn't have time for things I just don't really have like a ton of relationships like I have my like best friends from high school and my sister and those are kind of like the people that I see all the time and I don't feel like I have time or like I'm too anxious to try to meet anyone else that like I just stay where it's comfortable I hate being vulnerable and I hate change, but, like, you have to be vulnerable to change because you have to try new things. So, like, actually switching to this, like, career has done wonders for me because it, I have to be vulnerable all the time. 
I have to walk into new spaces with people I don't know and talk about things that I might not know. And that's just made me grow so much. There's like a, like a metaphor. There's like something about like a crawfish, like where it has to like shed its shell to be able to, um, and it's like vulnerable. It doesn't have a shell for a bit and it like, it's hiding, like it has to hide for safety or whatever. But if like it doesn't shed its shell, then it never like gets to grow or get bigger. I know that is not the way that it like the story goes, but like <laughs> it's just like the thought of like I could stay safe all the time. I could stay in my house. I could stay being a teacher forever. I could never like change. But being safe isn't like the why we're living. Like it's our purpose is kind of to grow and to and to be happy and to have fun doing things again. I have to try them like. I stopped liking doing the activities I was doing. But then, like, when I would try new things, like, even though I did not want to, I did not want to go try new hobbies and things, I realized, like, sometimes they did, like, spark joy a little bit. And I had to try them and feel unsafe to grow and, like, be able to handle things and, I mean, have fun again. Like, I love being in the music industry. I would, never would have done, like, I couldn't imagine doing this. So, like, in a way, my mental health was, like, having all those troubles was like really bad at the time but like I don't think I would have left teaching if I hadn't gone through that and I don't think I would have started in the music industry which is I'm happy to go to I love going to the studio I love doing anything like that has to do with work like it's not work to me like I I volunteer to do things on the weekends like with no more heroes like it's fun like I get to do things I love and yeah, I stopped feeling that way about teaching, so. What is a major change you feel like you've seen between you now versus when you were teaching? I hated being social. <laughs> I, like, did not, and I think that partially has to do with, like, my depression in a way, but I, like, really struggled with meeting new people or going into, like, new situations, and I now have, like, a lot of confidence. Um, Not a lot of confidence, I won't go that far, but, like, I I can, like, like, the first time I even did anything with No More Heroes was Laka just... I hadn't even met Laka before. He, we had just been talking on the phone, and he, like, told me to go to Nari's session and to just... I went there. I'd never met Nari. We'd, like, been on FaceTime, but then I had to go and sit in on a session with, like, him and all of his friends. And I met, like, Jacob, our engineer, and, like, that is so out of my realm of anything I would ever do, but, like, I love music, and I was excited, so I tried it, and, like... Now, like, walking into someone's session, like, Jacob had me, like, there was an artist that was in, and he was like, oh, yeah, like, she's in the other room, like, do you want to meet her? And, like, normally, like, hell no, like, I would never do it, but I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go meet an artist, like, I just, I can do a lot of things that I couldn't do before, and it's, like, growing in all aspects of my life, like, I can just, it's made me more confident, it's made me go out and socialize, which makes me realize I can do it again. Do you feel like your mental health struggles has held you back from reaching your full potential? I mean, yeah, I I love being safe and feeling comfortable. I think I rarely choose to push myself. It really usually takes other people to, like, push me and stuff. Like, doing this interview, I right away was like, no. And my sister was like, why wouldn't you? Like, you always say you want to, like, talk about, like, your mental health. And, like, I just never know how. And, like, this is a perfect opportunity to do it. 
And like, and then I'd lock him. Brandon like encouraged me and like. It's like, go talk about your depression. Yeah, go talk <laughs> about your depression shit. Yeah. No, Brandon told me he was like, other people might feel how you're feeling. And you no, know, he said, not might. He said, other people do feel how you're feeling. Like, you should go talk about it. Like, and not a lot of people I feel like are willing to talk about it. So that's something that's important to me, especially like when I went back to teaching, like with my students, I did a lesson on like, they're eight-year-olds, but I wanted to explain where I was. So I was like, there's everyday feelings, and then there's overwhelming feelings. And, like, I explained what the two were, and, like, I said, like, every day I was having overwhelming feelings. And, like, talking to them about it and having them, like, not just telling them I was away doing something else. Like, telling them that, like, I was going to classes every day. Like, you go to class, and I was learning skills to deal with those overwhelming feelings. And then I started doing, I was like, I'm going to teach you some of the skills. And we did like mindfulness and like we would do breathing exercises and just like things that I could teach them that it's like, okay, when you're stressed, like when I had a calm down corner in my classroom, like I tried to instill in them early that like these things do happen and it's okay to talk about because I feel like no one really wanted me to like share it with them as much as I did, but I thought I think it's important. It should be talked about. And I didn't want to have to hide it because it just made me feel worse, like, about being gone for three months. Like, they emailed me all the time, like, where are you? Like, Oh, your students? Yeah, like, they. I wanted them to understand. I wanted to be honest with them. And disclosing that is, like, really hard, but I want more people to be able to talk about it. Even for me, right, you know, this is a mental health podcast. I don't mean to put it in quotes, but it's a mental health music podcast. And that's, like, something I haven't shared in two years like you would think that would have come out by now right but i purposefully don't because it's not something that's comfortable talking about so you know the fact that i was able to have you on and come through and talk about it i appreciate it and you know it's definitely like something that i'm glad i was able to talk about thank you for letting me talk about it and you sharing too i appreciate that for you what advice would you give to some people who are going through these mental health struggles it's like not linear like it there are going to be setbacks but you will even when you don't believe you will get through them like you will it will get better like one day you could feel your absolute worst and like that feeling isn't going to last forever and even when you you like think you're getting back into a place you shouldn't be or something like yes it is something that you might deal with the rest of your life and that's something that's kind of hard to think about but it's also something that like you can live with and live with easily you just like it's just something that if you keep going like you're going to feel better it's going to get better a lot of the times you're always hoping like you're hoping to be okay that's really what you're hoping for and that's the title of the episode hoping to be okay and that's that's because you know when it comes to anxiety when it comes to depression when it comes to ocd you're thinking like man i just want this shit to end already i'm i'm so over it and that's why, you know, sometimes it gets so overwhelming to the point where, like, man, I'm going to go to sleep because I don't want de- to deal with this shit anymore today. So, you know, take a shower, eat, go to bed, and that's it. And for me, that's that's how, you know, that was kind of like my coping mechanism always when it came to doing homework and I just got too tired and I was like, man, fuck this shit. I'd put it away. I'd go lay down for, like, two hours, wake back up. I always did my homework at 11 p.m. I started at 11 p.m., would not finish till 1, 2 a.m. That was my way of dealing with things because I didn't want to fucking deal with it. I was like, when everybody goes to sleep, I'll wake back up, 
I'll do what I need to do. Nobody's in my way. I can focus on what I need to do. I'm doing me. That's one of the biggest things is resetting. When I get in a bad mood, when I have a bad day, like, it's hard to reset and get back on track. At the end of the day, you know, I really love that we were able to have this conversation. And hopefully, you know, it, it helps a lot of other people because when it when it comes to me, I'm always honest with people. I'm like, man, I'm not doing good. I'm stressing. I'm tired. Leave me alone. And it, that's what you got to do. You can't you can't be ashamed of the way you feel. You just got to accept it. And, you know, hopefully everybody else understands. I might have actually a better last piece of advice. Maybe like how other people can deal with people who are having mental health struggles, like how my sister who I live with, how she can like help me is sometimes just by listening. I'm not always looking for an answer, um, being there or sometimes like doing tasks that seem like hard for me, like uh, maybe just doing my laundry that week or like going, getting food, like Sometimes you just need someone to be there and not to give you advice or tell you it's going to get better or like things like that. Sometimes you just need to listen or try to take something off your plate or really just listen to how you want help because I think it feels like an extra burden sometimes on me when my family is all trying to help me in certain ways and I just don't want any of that help. Like just, yeah, knowing how you can help and when it's okay to sit back. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Thank I appreciate you. you. That's going to be all today. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you for watching Sad Boys For Real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.